welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals, uh, well, mostly professionals, that talk about law enforcement issues in the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, yes, he's back, Ward Mythaller. And also, all retired this evening, we have uh, Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrea Casal, and we have producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for being available for the show. Also, our sponsors, we have Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. Uh, we've got a main story, PoliceMag.com. Senate passes six police-related bills that are supported by the FOP. Uh, kind of curious what you think about these, Randy, but the U.S. Senate has passed these six bills all by unanimous consent. Two of the bills will be sent to the president to be signed in the law, and the others will be sent to the House, which is supposed to have considered similar legislation before it goes in the recess. So the bills are, are supported by the national FOP. And uh, here's a quote um, from President Patrick Yose uh, of the FOP saying that the most impactful le legislation for law enforcement officers and their families is H.R. 6943, the Public Safety Officer Support Act. It recognizes that most public safety officers' suicides are service-connected and they may be considered a line-of-duty death for the purposes of the Public Safety Officers Benefits Program. And uh goes on to say that the Senate also passed, uh, we got H.R. 2992. It's the TBI and PTSD Law Enforcement Training Act. And this bill will also go to the president to be signed in the law. And the bill would require the Bureau of Justice Assistance to establish crisis intervention training tools for law enforcement officers to address individuals with traumatic brain injuries, acquired brain injuries, and post-traumatic stress disorder. The Senate also passed two bills, which provide resources for local law enforcement to recruit, hire, and retain officers with a focus on finding candidates who are members of the communities that they protect. So they want to go local and... Um, not local, but local. Uh, the Strong Communities Act, which is uh, Senate Bill 2151, would help build on the community policing model by establishing a grant program administered by the Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services, uh, which is COPS for local law enforcement agencies to assist in recruiting officers that are in their community again. And it also says the Senate cleared two bills with broad bipartisan support. It names those, but it's really the Law Enforcement De-Escalation Training Act and the Fighting Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder Act. These bills go to the House for further action, and both of them provide resources to local law enforcement for de-escalation tactics and training for the development of mental health programs for public safety officers facing the long-term effects of providing life-saving services in moments of crisis. Wow, I got through all that. Um, Lieutenant Randy, what's your take on all this? <clears throat> This is a mixed bag, but uh, there's a lot of really good stuff here. The, um, uh, the it's, it's actually kind of shocking that, um, you know, Biden promised to spend money for cops and they're throwing money now at law enforcement. Some of it is really, really positive. For instance, um, you know, what we're, what we're talking about as far as post-traumatic stress is really, really critical stuff. The, the post-traumatic, uh, excuse me, the PSOB, Public Safety Officer Benefit, which is now being expanded to include suicides of law enforcement, is something that is absolutely, I, I was shocked that they actually did it. Um, I'm happy to see it. Uh, I think we're going to see some, um, I think we're going to see some controversy over it uh, because there is still, there's still a, um, 
you know, there's still a lot of thought about suicide that is based in religious kind of upbringing. And there are those that uh, I have heard from that say, you know, this is this, this should never be uh, part of uh, considered uh, a line of duty injury. And yet we see the. Hold that thought, Randy. Commercial break, guys. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Well, look, let's talk radio. Yes, we're nationally syndicated on the radio. And it was the Boss Hog Radio Network in Florida that gave us our first break in the terrestrial radio, which is over the airwaves. So Boss Hog, you know, they've got four AMs and an FM. They're in Bushnell, Sumter County, Florida, Lakeland, Plant City, Winter Haven, Avon Park, and Sebring where the racetrack is. And uh, look, there's all in Florida. So thanks to the boss hog. Hey, we're also in WKUL. They have two FMs in Coleman, Alabama and K bar, which is in Burley, Idaho, uh, two stations uh, in Tennessee, one's in Chattanooga and one's in Ottawa at WBMG and WMYU same owner. So thanks to them. Uh, KCPX in Moab, Utah and KYAH that's in Delta, Utah and AMF and two, four, seven, they've got terrestrials all over Tampa, Las Vegas, Macon, uh, Georgia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, look, they're in Colorado. Uh, they're in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Long Beach, California. Uh, but their latest acquisition is Rock Hill, South Carolina. And Three Rivers Broadcasting, Backstage Radio Network, Central Oregon Radio. If you're close by to one of those terrestrials, check them out. Well, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Um, it's either a really bad cough or a thunderstorm over there, Randy, but, uh, sorry to cut you off. You know, I, I tried to get Will to, to calm down with that mute button, but he's just out of control today. So, but go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, they're, they're, um, the DOJ and, and the Biden administration, um, is, uh, is pushing back, I think on the defunding the police movement and saying, we're going to put money into training cops and the, and to help law enforcement. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the win where we can, even though, you know, they're still weaponizing uh, much of the department of justice against law enforcement. There's some very significant stuff here. Um, there was also a bill that the wounded blue is very much involved in uh, calling first responders uh, first, which uh, helps um, with, with uh, um, IRS regulations that because what's been happening is, the IRS has been taxing cops on their disability payments, even though they should not be. So there was now there was also a law passed recently about that. So there's been some positive stuff here. Uh, the most controversial of all this will be um, the, the public safety officer benefit being given to um, to the, the families of police suicides as if they were, you know, the same thing as if they were murdered in the line of duty. What I would like to see, and this has been an issue is the public safety officer benefit is also for disabled officers. And yet sometimes it takes two, three, even four years for this process to actually be put uh, for the for families to actually get the money. So I don't know if they're putting resources into administering this because this could add years onto um, law enforcement families actually getting the public safety officer benefit, which is about 360000 bucks a year. Wow. Very enlightening. Thank you, Lieutenant. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, we got Christopher, uh, I guess it's Heil. I don't know how you pronounce the last name, but thanks for the support. And wow, MVS, Michael MVS, the super sticker all the way from uh, Colorado. Thank you for supporting the show as well. Um, a big supporter. Thanks, guys. Um, if there's nobody else, oh, we do have somebody else. We have not just somebody, we have Captain Brett Bartlett. Um, talking about refunding the police. Randy, I don't know if you knew this, but in Florida, Governor DeSantis set aside several million dollars so that if you want to go to the police academy now, 
you don't have to pay for it. It's a scholarship for whoever applies. Takes care of your books, your uniforms, thousand dollars stipend to, for, for expenses, stuff like that. I think things are coming back. Now, I just saw in the news, speaking of weaponizing the DOJ, the FBI has raided President Trump's Del Margo, Del, uh, his estate here in Florida. He, they have raided his place, just in case you didn't know. Well, I, you know, it's it's it's, um, it's funny you say that because I, I was booked for Fox News tonight on Shannon Bream's show and was just sent a message while we were talking that this raid is taking place at uh, at Trump's home. So uh, be prepared to get kicked off Fox News tonight about policing stuff. <laughs> Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Moving along here, then we've got, uh, what, around uh, six and a half minutes left for the show. So I am uh, going to jog around a little bit here. I want to cover uh, a video, uh, actually a couple, and we got another mental health thing coming up. But this is on Rumble. This is Better Again. Mental health call turns in the deadly police shooting of an armed man. 10.31 a.m., Matthew is heard saying he was trying to die. Shortly after, he is seen removing a knife from his right pants pocket. He begins to take a step drop down it. the stairs towards officers. Yeah. Drop it. He has a knife. Drop officers it. ordered Matthew to drop the knife. Drop he it. Did. If you didn't drop right now, I'm going to shoot you. Did you if you take one step, you Here is the same event from a different officer's body one camera. Dude. So this uh, bad guy dies after being shot by Phoenix police on Tuesday, July 19th, following a call for a mental health crisis. So the shooting happened on July 19th. Uh, the man is identified as 22-year-old Matthew Begay, uh, reportedly had a crisis at an inpatient mental health facility at a home and was making suicidal threats. So the manager of the facility calls the cops saying that uh, Begay is making threats against the staff toward himself to jump out of a window and to cut himself. So officers arrive. They begin talking with our bad guy. He pulls a knife out of his pocket and he begins getting closer to them. Uh, he, they tell him to stop and they drop the knife several times, but he continues. So one of the officers involved uh, did use the taser towards the man and struck him, but the taser was ineffective. So our bad guy continues to advance towards the officers with the knife still in his hand. And, and he's they're in a stairwell. Our bad guy is in an elevated position, uh, but he's got clear line of sight to the officers with no obstructions between. And uh, it was at this point that the officer involved shooting takes place. Uh, medical aid was given to him. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition, but he did die not long afterwards. The Now, listen to this. The crisis intervention team, officers, and a mobile crisis team, they were called out to the scene, but the shooting took place uh, before they got there. And it just goes to show, unless someone believes otherwise, that sometimes just the stuff goes down you know, uh, quicker than what um, other response responding units can, you know, can get there or what they can do. Any, uh, any comments on this guys, David, I guess it's up to you. Oh yeah. Thanks a bunch. Um, you know, you, you look at these scenarios and, you know, at the top of the stairs as they're trying to negotiate with this guy and, and getting nowhere, you know, there's another 
client, I guess they're called, standing right behind the guy. Um, so there were obviously other people in the house and around there. So I, I guess, I mean, at what point does law enforcement just get to a call like this, look at it, evaluate it, and then just basically walk away and say, yeah, we're not going to deal with this and walk away. Sooner or later, the crisis people will get here. If this guy goes 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 whack and, and stabs somebody in the, else in the house or whatever, so be it. But we're not going to get involved because this is going to be what the outcome is. Because as we have said, what Brett has said, John Newman has said, Randy has said, um, if you call the police, you get a police response. Um, as much as they'd like to make you us into uh, psychologists or uh, mental health providers or whatever you want to call it, we're not that. We're the police, first and foremost. If it's capable of getting a uh, one of those people on scene, fine. But in this case, it was it was not. They couldn't get there. So uh, that's the decision. I think I've said this before, too. Uh, the house um, where the guy was inside with the mask and the, and the bottle and the, and the family's outside saying, please do something. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not. We're, we're just going to leave. You're on your own. Have a nice time. And and go at it that way for a while. That's you start seeing enough of this. And that's the frustration that you start kind of giving back and saying, oh, no, we're not going to do it. We're, we're walking away. Enjoy. Thank you, Corporal. Hey, um, I want to get to this last one real quick, Andrea. I've only got three minutes, but um, it's a video on Police Tribune. Robbery suspect jumps over a store counter, gets stabbed seven times. Bro, okay. Now, uh, we're in Randy's neck of the woods. We're in uh, Las Vegas, and I think we just lost Randy. Uh, but uh, it's the Asian-American owner of a Las Vegas smoke shop. Grabbed the night. And, you know, maybe that's why Randy left, because it's a smoke shop. It's the Asian-American owner. Maybe some kind of connection there. Randy didn't want to. And maybe some kind of conflict interest. I don't know. But anyhow, this guy grabs a knife, stabs a 17-year-old thief who was trying to rob his business in broad daylight on Wednesday. So the incident occurs 325 in the afternoon, August 3rd. It's the Smokestrom Smoke Shop. Two men wearing ski masks. They come into the store. There's a third guy there, according to the New York Post. A security video of the incident shows the store owner. He's a 22-year-old Johnny Nugent. Uh, asked the men why they're wearing ski masks. So when Nugent asked them to leave, one of the suspects still his tip jar off the counter he said that i asked him very nicely to leave uh but the guy takes the tip jar uh which was fine but when they come back and try to take some more that's when it escalated and uh and i say that with the de-escalator on our show so the video shows that one guy grabs the jar while the other guy launches himself over the counter and begins grabbing merchandise so nugent our store owner uh and young himself 22 years old says i was scared for my life when they came in one of them had a bag in front of him and like he had a firearm or something i didn't have much time to think i grabbed my knife right next to the register surveillance footage shows that our owner uh Nijin, goes after the suspect who had jumped the counter and uh, and fights back stabs this guy like seven times uh he stabs him in the back shoulders leg the guy says stop please i'm dead i'm dead and he starts sliding to the ground so the surveillance video shows the other suspects they leave their com their comrade behind and uh it's just then the guy says to the store owner, please don't let me die. Uh, just a, a, a great, just a really a great video. Um, what do you guys think about this? Very dynamic. Not for the faint of heart. Oh, I was, I was waiting for Ward. I thought for sure, it, you know, in, in the end, if you look at it, you have to wonder, um, 
and now I can't remember what city it was in, but this this store Vegas, owner, makes, Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it, this store owner could have a problem. I mean, if if it if Las Vegas is one of those things, one of those places, I don't think Las Vegas is, but if he's in one of those jurisdictions where the prosecutor is is someone who says, where was the threat? A guy was trying to steal merchandise. Him trying to take merchandise is not a threat to you. You he, he wasn't after you. You could have just walked away. But he but the owner did not. He 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 grabbed the guy, stabbed. I mean, I mean, it was flipping brutal. Stabbed the guy several times in the chest, the, the top of the shoulder, the back. Um, had him from behind. Um, so I don't know. Thanks, guys, for being here. Hey, thanks to all the people that donated and supporting the show. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, look, uh, what, a, what a great show. Uh, I'm sorry we lost Randy towards the end. I was kind of curious what he was said about the Las Vegas uh, factor. But uh, thanks to Gauls for sponsoring the show, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and also to Bang Energy, which we'll be getting some more of shortly uh, for fueling the show. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.